Psalm 103 is my favorite psalm. It says, praise the Lord, my soul. All my innermost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. He redeems your lives from destruction and crowns you with loving kindness and compassion. He fills your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Amen. He satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Amen. Our senior pastor will bring us the word. Amen. And so I was debating whether to give exhortation or not, which I decided to do. So you have a full-scale preaching, but you have some bullet points. And sometimes they are better. You hear less, you think about it more, because I cannot pretend to give you all that God wants you to hear and to apply. You have to chew on it and digest on it and get what God has to say to you. And I'll target along what you heard about the worship of God in heaven. Today is the last Sunday of this quarter. We're shining for God. And we have, what a better way to end than by looking at the greatness of God. The God that you are to shine for and how you shine for him and how he will continue to bless you through all your life. Let us pray. A gracious God, it is always a pleasure to be in your house. But it is humbling to say we are your servants and spokespersons that can be used to glorify your name. Because you do not really need anybody to speak for you. You can speak for yourself and you do through the stars, through the firmament, through the things around us. But you choose fallible, frail, unintelligent human beings to be your spokespersons. That's why we humble ourselves before you today and use us in ways that please you. May our singing, our meditation, and all that we offer be done to glorify Christ, our living Lord, who only lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. It's a very long psalm, not because you cannot read it. You read text messages, WhatsApp messages longer than that. But if you really want to expand it, it's loaded. Because God's word, that is what it is. It is loaded. And if you want to do a Bible study on this and preach on this, I guarantee I can preach it along three lines on three Sundays. We talk about the greatness of God. The psalm is, if you study it, see that psalm divides into three parts. Personal praise of God, which is from verse 1 to 5, where the psalmist is praising God himself for the many things that he's blessing the Lord for. And then the second one, national praise, when he talks about the issues of justice and mercy, the poor, the needy. He's talking about the kind of thing that should happen in a nation. So national praise of the Lord or to the Lord, where we do it corporately. But the third part will be universal praise where every living thing and every being praises God. All the animals and the insects and things in the sea and on the land, they praise him. Today we have time only to look at the personal praise to the Lord. 
And David is saying this, the psalmist is instructing us. This is his own personal relationship with God. And it is very profound, the kind of thing that he does over here. The psalmist says, bless the Lord, oh my soul. It's as if he's imagining him calling his soul. Just sit down here. I'm giving instructions. My soul, bless the Lord. Wow. The Jews say a human being is made out of two parts. They know there's a physical part and then there's an inner part. That part that when you are looking at somebody, uh, talking to somebody, is also thinking and talking about that thing. So they know there's something within you that you cannot understand. There's something that causes you to be smiling and yet you know you are crying. In commercial terms, they call it toothpaste smile or pepsodent smile. You're smiling for the cameras and yet you are bleeding. There's something inside you. For the Greek who think they are more sophisticated, they say human being is made of body, soul, and spirit. But whether it's two parts or three parts, there's a part beyond the flesh. And that part beyond the flesh is what the psalmist is saying, hey, look here, take care. Whether you are a boy or girl, you are spirit, let me talk to you. Take note of this. And let me jump a little bit above myself. That has been found over and over and over again through medical science, through psychology, psychiatry, and all those who look beyond the physical, that there's something within the human being, an indomitable spirit, that beats understanding. That people who are supposed to be sick, they are well. Those who are supposed to be well are sick. One of our lecturers told us a person went to court and was acquitted and discharged because there was no evidence against the person. A few days later on, they saw the man writing all over the world, all over the world. I did it, I did it, I did it. What did he do? Whatever he did, there was no evidence, but the internal evidence against him by his God, by his maker, says he's guilty and was writing it. So there can be people in prison who are innocent and there can be people walking about who are criminals but nobody has adduced any evidence against them there are some as Michael West who say and there are none so blind as those who refuse to see because they can see but they won't see because they've chosen to be blind and so black is white and white is black what do you see oh it's black are you in his eyes? He said, that is what I see. So the psalmist says, sit down here, my soul. Bless the Lord, my soul. Listen to me. Bless him. And what does it mean here? Blessing means to delight in expressing love to God for all that he has done to make him who he is and where he is. So from his mother's womb, in this, in this psalm that he said, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Say from that time when that sperm and fertilized that egg and you conceived of me and I came and became a human being and I was wandering around and came to all kinds of places where I could have been killed, but today I'm alive. And some are dead. It's only because of your grace. So Lord, I'm, I'm just, how do you do it? Who can do anything like this? How can you make us so different? 
Men, women, boys, girls, short, tall, Indian, Chinese, Africans, they speak Bantu, they speak all how How can anybody do that? Say, God, my soul recognizes this God. And sometimes when my flesh is fooling, tell me there's somebody greater than you. You hear, boy, you hear, and I'll listen to you. Yes, he is instructing his soul. Bless the Lord, my soul. Oh, didn't you read from Romans chapter 8 that we don't even know how to pray and the spirit within us prays with deep groans that we don't even understand. How well developed are you? You and I take every delight in developing the flesh. We polish, we dress, we put on lipstick and kick test. Uh, they say, uh, I was preaching in America, they say, I say kick test. They say they call it something or whatever they call it. I don't use it, so I don't know. Uh, nail polish, thank you. Oh God, thank you. They are the same everywhere. Okay. So they do pedicure and medicure and medicure. <laughs> they do all kinds of things to the external to look good. Good. But the Bible says physical exercise, physical things are of some value. But the inner one. What is the poverty of the soul like? What is poverty of the spirit like? You can hear people, you can see them, they are sick, and yet they are groaning, and they are praising God amidst their pain. Say, so what is wrong with you? There's nothing wrong with them. The only thing wrong with them is that they are not on the same wavelength with you. And may God have mercy on us. For those undeveloped inner persons, why we cow down before the flimsiest child? The enemy intimidating us. David said, my soul, bless the Lord. Since all that is within me means focus your body, your soul, your mind, your strength. Let all of you focus on God. Means even like I said, even the days that I don't feel well, help me feel well. If my flesh is weak, let my spirit be strong. Even if nobody sees what I've done wrong. Lord, give me the courage to say I did wrong. Like the vagabond child said. When he came to his senses, he marched to the father. And the father could say, son, son, what is wrong? He said, daddy, wait. I've sinned against heaven. And I've sinned against you. The man stopped. He said, hey. Did boys, did not only go away to go and chop money. Finally, he learned some sense. Was it from eating with the pigs? No. Was it from scrubbing gutters? No. Was it from the disco? No. Sometimes in the poverty of the physical, he didn't even know why that prostitute did not kill him. Why some of the food he ate did not kill him. Why some of the things he stole, nobody killed him. And he realized he cannot even kill himself because his destiny is not finished yet. So he's only alive because of the grace of God. And he can feel the judgment, the sin that he has sinned against the father. And said, look, hey, if I don't go and apologize to this man, I'm headed for hell. It is better to go and say sorry to my father, he confines me to hell, than to wait and go to hell because I'm too proud to say I'm sorry. Because everything within him was telling him, you are wrong, you are wrong. It may be your heritage, it may be your inheritance, it may be arm twisting, whatever, it's wrong. But he realized there's something bigger than that. He said, all that is within me. So this is a recognition of God. 
for his awesomeness. You are not asking him anything. So he said, bless the Lord, oh my soul. You are not going before him with a shopping list. No, you are just saying, you are awesome. You are wonderful. You are great. You are majestic. And sometimes you can only do that upon reflection. When you count your blessings, when you think through these things, and what a wonderful idea that the psalmist has shared his journal with us. He listed that list, six blessings. Six blessings from the hand of the Lord. Verses 3 to 5. And this six is what I'll touch on briefly and see whether we also walk alongside those paths and are able to bless the Lord without a shopping list or if any shopping list the shopping list of gratitude forgiveness who forgives all our sins verse 3 is incredible the word translated forgives in this particular passage is used only of God's forgiveness of sinners because sin is described in this passage as iniquity, twisted behavior, distorted behavior behavior that is not in line with what God wants you to exhibit and as far as God is concerned if the pass mark is 100 when you get 99 you are failed and one you have failed so he's the only one who can forgive us but he says he's able to forgive you. He's able. Those who have trusted God have experienced his forgiveness. Those who think that they'll get to heaven and when they get to heaven they say what good did you do? They'll put it on one side of the scale and it outweighs the bad you've done. And the God will say yes, you got 40%, 50%, 70% go to heaven. May he bring you insight today. That his mathematics is different from yours. The standard is the standard. David knew what it meant to sin against God and how miserable his body, his soul, his spirit felt, how alienated he felt from God. In Psalm 32 to 50 and 51, you see that. Then God also blesses his people with healing. Healing of the mind, healing of the soul, healing of the spirit. So each of these ones is a big deal. You can talk about it. But he's just talking about big word healing. God is able to heal every disease. Hallelujah. Amen. Matthew 9.35 we see the ministry of Jesus. Matthew 9.35 that God can heal every disease. But the news is that he's not under any obligation to do that. You can't force him to do that. Matthew tells us, and Jesus went about all the villages and all the cities teaching their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. You can go and do some word study what it means by every healing I mean, every sickness and every disease. There are, there, there are differences in them. So if you want to preach free topic, go and research and preach it. 
He can do all. He's the only one who can do all. They are specialists. <laughs> In this world, they are specialists. They move from here to go to this place, go to this place, this good. Oh, the greatest doctors sometimes are only specialists of a very small area. And I'll tell you a story very soon. David's own son. I mean, I said God is not obligated to do what he wants to do. You can beg him, you can cry to him, he can heal you. If you desire healing, ask him. Hello? Ask him. Ask him morning, afternoon, and evening. Ask him. He will do what he wants to do. And his mercy, he will heal you. Because we see in the Bible that Paul cried to God three times. And God said, that thorn in the flesh will not go. But it's meant to humble him. In Philippians chapter 2, Paul's friend, or the church in Philippi, sent him a Paphroditus. The man became sick. Paul said, I cried to the Lord. He didn't heal him. So I left him there to recover. His own son in the Lord, Timothy. He said, go and take some medicine, or wine, as some call it, for the sake of your ailments, your many ailments. That's it. Because even this David, he realized it. When he had sinned and confessed, fasted and prayed, he had a son, the child in the mother's womb, died. He died. He washed himself. Okay, life must go on. I blew it. The boy is dead. Life must continue. Listen. Every believer's body would not be completely delivered from weakness and disease until it is redeemed and glorified by Jesus. Romans 8, 18 to 23. The whole creation awaits him. Again, take this song and read it. The words. It's not a Christmas song. You can sing it Christmas. You can sing it every day. Joy to the world. When you read Isaac Watts, the theologian's word, he's talking about the whole creation, the thorns, the thistles, and everything. The joy to the world will come when the Lord comes. So if you think he only comes on December 25th, and that's the only time you sing that song, you haven't got the theology of it. But the essence of it is that until Jesus comes. So, lady lived up to 105. She's gone. And I can tell the last 20 years of those and 15 years of those 105 years trouble humanly speaking who are we God takes care of us in scripture sickness is sometimes used as a picture of sin and healing as a picture of salvation the man born blind didn't sin but the cripple that was dropped from Jesus dropped on Jesus said this man is from his sin sometimes you and I don't have eyes to see so we don't know the difference all we know is that pray for God's healing. And if he chooses to, fine. If he doesn't, stay with it. Healing. Sometimes we don't even know God has healed us. And I sometimes give a personal example. So you can do whatever you want to do with it. But um, about two months ago, they went and checked my famous eyes again. I remember a lady was sitting beside me one time. I was reading uh, about two years ago. She said, oh, these big eyes, they can still read. I looked at the lady, I won't mention her name. I said, yeah, I can still see. So two months ago, I 
been advised to be checking it often. So they checked it. So I called Dr. Edith. She looked at it. Said, hey, Pastor Fred. Why? Hmm. Said, tell me. Say, you are you are blind in the right eye. I said, Oh, okay. So shine for God. Shine in the light. Number two, healing. Then she said, Ah. Then the fact is better than the one that is on the paper. I said, Edith, I heard this, I'm blind, the first time in 1998, in the same eye. I heard it. So what you are telling me today? Three years ago, I walked somewhere, and the doctor told me, with my wife, oh, people who they hold to my office and they are staggering like that, your eye is worse than theirs. So I said, okay. So as long as I have it, I'll continue praising God. I don't, I, I don't understand it. And so now Takura, so what they advise me is that when the light is not very good, you can hire a lawyer. But you see, a lawyer, you hire them when you need them. And uh, when you don't need them, fine. And when the light is poor, that's why I like using iPad. I hear all the theories people have to say about Bible and reading the book and printing the finger. All right, this one provides a little more light for me to see. Hello. You see, I'm saying that sometimes you don't understand what is going on, and therefore you, you come to all kinds of conclusions. I'm saying, God, some of you are carrying mega diseases. But he has healed you because it's, it's not having any effect on you. So all that is within me. Praise his holy name. Oh. The facts are different from what is it? You can go and ask her. She said, Fred. I said, eh. She stood and said, ah, well, no queer Jane. I said, yeah. What report will you believe? If he's done it for me, he can do it for you. If he hasn't done it for you, it doesn't mean he cannot do it. And if he hasn't done it yet, it doesn't mean that he will not do it. How do you treat your God? I'll still praise him. Number three, redemption. Redemption. The word redeem reminds the Jews of their time of deliverance in Egypt. But for us as believers, it simply means we are sick in the slave market. The devil had bought us and can kick us and beat us. But Jesus came and took the keys away from him. And translated us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his light. How can David thank God for redemption when he was not born again? What did he mean by that? Yes. Before the real thing came. They could sense that yes, something is coming. He had a personal relationship with God who took him from the market, who took him from the bush, who took him from the shepherd's field and made him a king. The statement describes God taking him from the pit. When Saul wanted to kill him and chased him, he delivered him. If God were to open your eyes to see that on top of the big salvation, the accidents he delivers you from, how he deletes your names from certain lists in certain places, 
Sometimes you want to see and hear all those things before you praise the Lord. Oh. Then you won't thank him. Say, all that is within me. Bless his holy name. He realized that his soul, his spirit, his inner being, they know something that he doesn't know. Because when somebody went and put your name through that calabash, you were in your house, you were sleeping. Were they doing to your physical body or to your inner person? And so when that my inner person, my inner spirit is being mentioned somewhere, you say, Charlie, this man is a nukpekpeo. We can't do anything. Ah, the man is sleeping on his bed. He's only 100, kilo, uh, what, 100 pounds or 20 kilos. He's heavy. His spirit is heavy. His angels around him are heavy. And so please, we can't do it. He redeems us from the curse of the law. He take three more. Love. <laughs> love. Mega love. Agape love. The undeserving love that he showered on David. The love that makes it possible for you and I to be here today. There's this phrase, Lord, we've left undone the thing that we should do. And we have done those things that we shouldn't do. But your love still continues. Have you thought about the love of God? He grants us satisfaction. There's no satisfaction in this world, but we have satisfaction in Christ, who is the bread of life, who is the good shepherd, who leads and guides in all ways. I said that part of the psalm, he leads me and guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Not my sake. For his name's sake. Between me and you, Lord, I beg you. Why you've chosen me to be your child, your son, your daughter, I don't know. But I don't have it all together. For your name's sake, help me. But the last one, he renews us. I put the satisfaction and the renewal together. He renews us. Renewal. No matter how old we become, God can satisfy the needs of our lives and the spiritual desires of our hearts if we stay close to him. Part of my journey this last trip took me to see a few choice people. I made a trip to see. It was a lady who about 40 years ago took some of us as students and spend her energy, time, and money on us. Miss Stampley and later on Maxine Mosley. I'd heard that this woman has all kinds of challenges and she's gone to nursing home. So I decided to make that pilgrimage to go and see her in Jackson, Mississippi. So once it is in the world, I'll locate it. We had tried many times and she wouldn't let us come and see her. As her children, including the Supreme Court Justice and all these people who are big, big men and women today. So the day she said, I can come, when I told my wife, she almost fell down. She said, you can come? I said, yes. So I went there. 
When I saw her the first day, I was amazed. She left Ghana because she had shrunk about two inches for a little bit hump, osteoporosis, osteoarthritis. And then uh, I went to see her in a nursing home. She would talk small, she would lie down small, and she would talk. I gave her something to read, said she can't read it. She took some glasses to read, which it did tell me it's called magnifier. She was doing all kinds of things. She said, Ma, how are you? I'm fine. Then she began asking, how is this my son? How is this my daughter? How is this? How are they here? See, I brought you some pictures or two ping pongs. They gone Baptist Church, Calvary, BSU, Noobs. And her eyes dazzled. When she finished it, you have given me an enhanced prayer list. An updated prayer list. I stood there and I looked at her and said, I said, wow. I said, now I can know how to pray more specifically. So some of you have children. Some of you have become grandparents. Some of you are this. Some have died. I look at her and say, oh God. <laughs> when she stood up, she was walking. I said, why are you walking like this? I was laughing at her. Why are you walking like this? She said, when you get there, you will know. <laughs> she was hobbling around the four wheelchair. One day, if I had the town of shame. And I said, ma, I just came to thank you. That when I was 20, 22, 23, as young and foolish as we were, who felt the Lord had called us. Uh, we were, the Lord had called us, but we were determined to stop school. He said, Look, you will not stop the school. I said, Ma, I will not practice the law. He said, But you have to pass it. I said, Ah. He said, When you finish passing it, then you put it in the chop box and say, I got it for Danny. I said, Eh. So I'll get it for you. She come and stay with me. I stayed in her boys' quarters. Steady. I said, okay, ma, I'll steady for you. When I finish, she has the certificate. She said, now you can continue preaching. Then she said, when God has called you to be a pastor, don't disgrace yourself by being the president of a country. I said, oh, my God. I mean, when I was growing up, my aim was to be a lawyer or a politician and make a lot of money. <laughs> so some of your friends will make it, they can share with you. But for you, <laughs> hello. <laughs> and I look at ourselves. Johnny, you are laughing. Said the reason why I like the three of you are Meg, Fred, and uh, Albert. Said the three of you are three different characters. I'd never understand you, and I'm free to give you any advice because you never take my advice. <laughs> and she was reminding me of all these things that will be arguing from three different angles about three different things about one thing that this woman said. She remembered all of those things. This is where the Lord has taken you all to different places. Renewal. So first, I went to bless her. Not to ask anything of her again. No. To say, thank you. Is the woman who offered, I'll have personal, I'll buy you a wig and gown to graduate. I said, that one, I can surely borrow it. But if you have some money to give me, please, these are, these are the 80s. Give me that money. Let me buy a fridge. Let me buy a cooker. Then I can marry. <laughs> so, okay, okay. Yeah. Then just before we prayed, oh, you are laughing at me. Just before we prayed, I said, 
I'll call Maxine. Mostly, another story. Maxine, I just had surgery. She can't stand. So she's on her nursing bed. In, I mean, in bed somewhere. I put on speakerphone. And these women were praying with us and praying for me. And I could just say, they may not be up. They may not be walking. But they have connections up there. When God says, I will renew you, no matter how old we become, God can satisfy the need of our lives and the spiritual desires of our hearts. The legend about physical renewal of the eagle is not what David had in mind here. Because most birds mold. That's the word. They mold and seem to have a new lease of life. But that's birds' life. But the picture here is that of a believer being strengthened by the Lord, even in the old age, who is able to soar like an eagle. It's a comparison, it's, it's a simile. Yeah? It's, it's, it's like an eagle, it's not an eagle. You are not an eagle. You soar like an eagle. The things you think about is not what the eagle thinks about. Think about earth, think about heaven, put things in perspective, and that renewal only comes from the Lord satisfying you and being connected with him. And David can say, God, I know you're able to do that even for me. He's able to do that for everybody. That is why I can bless the name of the Lord. And that one comes only from deep reflection. Oh Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the world you have made, what do you see? What do you think about? Give us that hymn. Will your soul sing? Your soul be grateful to the Lord for what he has done. The greatness of God makes you or should make you realize that he's the rock to whom you can run and be saved. That this world He's the one who is able to satisfy with all kinds of things. But in this particular passage, six things that he satisfies you with. Forgiveness. He forgives you that you will be able to forgive others. He heals you. And with the healing of the mind, of the soul, of the spirit, can you also extend that to others. He redeems you brought you back from the slave market and made you a king and a prince and a spokesperson that you can also bring others to come and know him and love him and serve him. He has shown his love for you and I. Are we like him? Showing love to others. He's the one able to satisfy you. Not just with the fleshly material things but he leads you in green pastures and even up to old age. Whilst you are alive and old and dependent on him, he renews it. But even if you should die, you are not dead. You are only asleep in him. Can we please rise?
So when Christ shall come with shout of acclamation, you'll be there, will you be there? If you know you will be there, just give him praise. If you will not be there when he comes and you feel that vacuum, but that need to come to him whilst we are singing, just come to him just as you are. your Lord and Savior. We want to unite with this church. We want to come together so that we can grow in him as we continue to worship this God. As we continue to sing about his greatness. We still invite you to come. If he's not your Lord, he's not your Savior, he's not your Redeemer, what are you waiting for? He forgives all your sins.
worship him. Bless his holy name. we have chosen, they are telling us something. I know I pastor a church where people are book long. We read books, fat books, which is God loves those who use their faculty also. He gave it to us. But the psalmist is telling us there's something that is transrational. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. You are looking, you are so conscious of yourself, you are checking grammar and checking some dresses, checking how you are standing. That's what the psalmist is talking about today. Saying, all that is within me. Can you say something within me? Kick, become alive. Because you know that thing is dead. You have analyzed, you have grammatized, you have uh, solidified. Say, Lord, another faculty should be woken up within me. That even gets me to say things. Gets me to just flow. Lord, I think I'm too stiff. Lord, I think I'm too brainy for you. Lord, I think I'm too analytical for myself. Lord, I think I'm not getting it. Lord, I'm not even getting the inspiration. Because I'm... Lord, can you command your soul and your spirit and say, Look, you are connecting with my maker. Spirit. You are connecting there. You are already there. But my body, will you follow me? My brain, will we get to these chambers? Lord, will you touch me? Yes, congregation, please be seated. Please be seated. In the quietness of your heart, let the Lord minister to you. And we ask the living God to fill the spirit of the living God fall fresh on me. Ask him, let that be your prayer. Spirit of the living God. Break you, melt you, mold you, and form you in ways that please Him. That even as you go through this week, you can call a meeting between you and your soul and your spirit. Just quietly, wear a little drum, or even no drum, softly. Lord, your people are before you. Lord, your power is here. Your presence is here. Hear the prayers of your people. Let's sing this as our dedication to him. We're dedicating our lives to him. Softly, very softly. 
Melt me, O oh Lord. Fill me, Lord. Fill me and use me. And use me. fertile ground may yield fruit to abundance yes we serve you the living God as we come to the end of this quarter we're asking you to shine through us those things that block us our self the ego the intellect that stand your way May they be truly redeemed. That those things that we ought to give to you, our heart, our soul, our spirit, our vision, our commitments, our time, our talent, and our treasures, will be worthy sacrifices that will truly be used in blessing you. Thank you for hearing us. Thank you for blessing us. Now and forevermore. Amen. Amen.